G'day, it's Adrian Bow, and it's an honour to be here today with um, Gavin Lewis, who's part of um, Alexander Phillips's team at PPD, number one agent in Australia. Gav, good to see you, mate. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Good to catch up after a while. I know you, um, you've been with Alex for a long period of time. There was a sabbatical period you had there where you yep. sort of went, came, went away to McGrath for a while. Yep. Um, what, what was the reasoning behind that at, at that time? Um, I think it just at that stage I just wanted to try something different. Yep. And you don't realise how something, you know, good something is until you actually leave and yeah. realise what you miss. Good, and you're still you're still in that sort of associate or co-agent capacity because I don't really like the word associate because a lot of you guys as co-agents um, are, are probably some of the best standalone agents in the country in my opinion. Yep. Um, so you're still doing that, but in a completely different area around Miller's Point. So it would have been interesting to see the the contrast between a low volume business yep. as opposed to a high volume business. What do you, what do you prefer? Um, high volume. Yeah. I suppose also just like the. Um the quick pace of like Alex's team and like yeah. the, the East that we, we currently work in. Mm. Miller's Point, a little bit different, like a lot mm. of buyers, like they're few and far between. Yes. Um, really quite diligent in what they want. They won't be rushed. Yep. Average days on market can really blow out quite a lot. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas you sort of flip that, you know, back into the East, like average days on market for our team at the moment, I think Sydney around 18. Yes. Um, numbers that opens of late was sort of averaging about you know 20 plus groups yeah miller's point you'd be lucky to get like three to four yes interesting um so all together including that sort of bit of a sabbatical period how long yep. with alex's team now uh eight years eight years excellent and how did you start at ppd was it uh, obviously it wasn't an immediate associate role was it more like a lead generation junior role or? yeah so uh previous well, before I started with Alex, I was with uh, Tony Lane yes. at um, Rain and Horn. Yep. I was approached by Alex. Um, they were starting PPD if I wanted to join his team um, as an associate. So it really was still sort of like um, buy work, lead generating, that kind of thing. Yep. You'd be running campaigns, but Alex would sort of oversee most of it. Right. And sort of like the, the longer that I've worked with him, the more that I've sort of been able to prove that I can handle these things on my own. Yep. Now you sort of get in, you know, at, um, at grassroots where you meet the vendor um, at an appraisal with Alex and then you can just sort of take control of it. He'll still oversee it, don't get me wrong. Yes. But to be able to call the vendor with, you know, buy feedback directly after an open, yep. direct offers, that kind of thing, he's got that trust in you and he backs you 100%. Excellent. Tell me, the, the endorsement piece, Gav, so... You know, you go to a listing with Alex. Obviously, Alex is, you know, the lead agent or the yep. senior agent, if you like. You guys are not seen as subordinates. You're seen as co-agents. Um, how does he translate that endorsement piece to the owner so, therefore, you can run with the campaign in terms of vendor management, buyer work, negotiations? Yeah. Um, so, Alex all um, introduces, like, as you just mentioned, like, we're pretty much our own agents within um, Alex's team. Um, he'll mention that we'll be doing buyer work, buyer calls, the fact that we list and sell in our own right to give them confidence, he'll mention our numbers. So yep. if they're like, I don't necessarily want a junior as yes. such, yep. um, he's like, well, Gavin isn't a junior. He brought in you know, 20 of his own listings last year. He lists more than some of the other competing agents that actually came through the door. Yes. You want that second person to be able to drive it just as hard as I am. Yep. And so on the website, your title is like sales agent? Licensed real estate. Perfect. Yep. Okay, that's good. 
and tell me um, once that client goes through that experience, is there any period or any conversation, Gav, where the client might say, that's great, Alex, but are you going to be at the open for inspection? It yeah. does happen, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been a high-volume agent. I know it happens. Yeah. yeah. Look, it, it does happen. Yeah. Um, some some vendors might be, you know, sort of caught up on that. And yeah. Goes, yeah. He's like, I'll write into the agreement. I'll be at every yeah. open. Good. And he's, you know, a man of his word will do that. Yeah. Um, but it, once again, it sort of also gives them faith that, like, if you introduced at the beginning yeah. from the outset and you're giving them direct, um, you know, uh, feedback, yeah. they, they sort of, not that they sort of relax a little bit, yeah. but they got a little bit more confidence in it. Excellent. So you guys are already, we're sort of around late Feb, you're already on track this year to do uh, about 40 transactions so far this year. Um, last calendar year, how many transactions, the whole team? Well, it was 200 and I think 220. Okay. Yeah. So the team structure, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. you've got Alex and Prue, so obviously yeah. Prue's like your executive manager for the entire team, operations manager, general manager. Then there's yourself, there's um, Kenji. Yep. Uh, and who else? Uh, there's Dave Tyrrell. Yes. Uh, and Vince. Okay, good. So you're really looking at four co-agents. Yep. One lead agent and one operations manager. Yep. Is there someone? I thought there was maybe another lady supporting proof. Yeah. Um, who's like um, offshore, so we can sort of essentially yeah. email Joan saying, Joan, please, you know, complete this agency agreement, that kind of thing, just to free yep. up Prue's time. Yes. Because Prue's also going to like listing presentations with Alex yes. to, to help with presentation. Yeah. Um, she's doing styling quotes, marketing meetings. Yeah. Everything from list list to launch, basically. Yep. Yeah. And how does Alex um, decide which one of you four work? on the properties. Now, I'm assuming if, if, if you or Kenji or Dave generate the lead, obviously you work on it yep. with Alex, but if it's something he's listed and he, and he wants to make a decision to allocate to one of you, how does he yep. do that? Is it geography or price? Um, not really. Like yeah. It's a, a combination of sort of everything. So, say, for example, Alex might have sold something in Bronte, which Dave was second agent on, and Dave yeah. had quite a lot of buyers. Yep. Rightfully so, Dave would be probably best fit for that. Yep. Um, likewise, if we sold something in Ramwick, I was second agent, it's pretty much direct, you know, um, yep. to what we sold. Yes. Okay. Um, also, like you'll say, whoever, you know, if you get more buyers to the market, you mean qualified buyers, people yes. that, you know, want to transact on it, it works right for them. You've shown initiative, and also it shows the owners as well. Yes. Like you're at a marketing meeting, you're saying, oh, hi, Michael, this is such and such. He was the underbidder on this house. Yes. I met them at this place. I sold this house for them. Yep. You're already building that relationship. Yes. For essentially me to forge that relationship and then someone else go on it. It just doesn't sort of flow as well. Yes. But if either of you had to have either price or geographical specialties, do you have them at all? Not really. Not, not really. Okay, interesting. Um I know Alex, and I'm always humbled when I hear it, but, you know, I know he tells anyone who listens, like, oh, you know, in the McGrath days, I used to listen to Bowie smash out the calls yeah. for, for two or three hours, so it always gives me a, a nice feeling when I, when I hear that. Um, is that still the case today? Like, without fail, without negotiation, there's a block out of time. Uh, we'll come to your prospecting yeah. strategy in a minute, but, but for Alex himself... To, to nurture his, his client base, yeah? As soon as he gets in the door. Yeah. Like, he'll be in there, like I got in the office a bit after seven years, already in there calling vendors. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, current vendors is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, past clients, I know for a fact, Alex, it's a big part of it. And his database, uh, I think a lot of people are surprised about the size of it. People think the people that he's nurturing is like tens of thousands, but it's actually more curated than that. Yeah. But... The, the, and it's a rhetorical question because I know the answer, but if you could just share with everyone 
the type of value add he is providing when he's making those calls and not necessarily always asking, do you want an appraiser, are you looking to sell? Yeah. Like there is that value add proposition around pricing, market conditions, etc. If you just run through maybe a bit of that dialogue, not verbatim, but just generally speaking. Yeah. So Alex will call, um, say, a vendor, say so we've had a sale in Gardine Street, for example, He'll call every single vendor that he knows in that street, just yep. so you know, we've just sold this for X amount. Uh, I want to give you a bit of forecast on what's happening with them in the market. Mm. Give me a call when you're free. Yep. Um, if he actually catches them, uh, most of the time they actually answer his call, mm-hmm. so I can actually have a bit of a long-winded conversation. But so I just want to let you know we sold, um, you know, 27 guideline for X. Uh, any updates or changes on your end? You know, how you're finding it out there, if they're working in like finance or whatnot, trying mm-hmm. to get some information from them as yes. to how they're finding things. Yes. So if they're like, things are tightening up at work or, you know, kids have left school, oh, perfect, like, you know, to sort of elaborate on that. Yes. Um, but then also giving, giving them a forecast, like, you know, Easter's, you know, going to be quite busy either side of that. We're going to be listening through it because the holiday's going to be extended. Yes. Most of the people that we're talking to are actually going to be staying locally this year. So if you think you're doing something, it's still going to be a good time to sell. It's, mm-hmm. The market's not going to come to, like, a grinding halt. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things. Excellent. So... People talk about ideal days and ideal weeks in coaching, yep. and you know I, I know Alex is not a stickler for you know exactly doing certain things in certain times. Like effectively, his AM energy is all about calls and generating business, yep. and his PM energy, you know, like most top agents, is more getting face to face with people, whether yep. it's a qualified buyer appointment, a market appraisal, listing appointment, a price adjustment, a vendor meeting, or whatever. How many? How many hours just ballpark prospecting in the morning and how many face-to-faces would he be doing in the afternoon? Um, prospecting in the morning, it could be anywhere from, you know, one to two hours, like, yep. religiously. That's yep. obviously a combination of, like, calling, um, you know, hot sellers, yes. past clients, um, you know, current vendors as yes. well. Uh, face-to-faces um, after week one of a campaign, we're meeting with them once a week, you know, vendor meetings and whatnot, depending on how many, um, you know, appraisals he's got and vendor meetings, but... I mean, you'd like to think you'd be doing like potentially, you know, three to four yes, in, the, in per, the afternoon, per, depending on how busy we are. Per day. Now, what about yourself, Gavin? Are, are you replicating that type of process during the day as well? Like keeping your AM energy to, to, to build business and your PM energy to nurture business in terms of those face-to-faces? Yes, yeah, definitely. I think also um, a big part of my um, role at the moment is doing like real quality buyer work. Yes. Um, being able to slot buyers into certain houses. They might not have anything to sell. Yes. But actually giving them like a good... Um, experience so when yes. the time does come to sell government was amazing trying to find my house it might not have been one that ppd was selling you might have told mm. me to go look at one for, for your example yes or yes anyone else yes also their friends might be thinking of selling oh yes. what was like buying or we did a lot with gavin it was fantastic he called us yeah. in the morning messages on Saturday afternoon what did you look at yeah how did you find it anything that you liked that kind of thing see th- this is gold uh, you know for, for for us that are listening because you know, if you put a gun to an agent's head today and said, I want you to find six auction campaigns signed up within the next 24 hours, it would actually be really challenging. Yeah. But if you put a gun to someone's head and said, look, I need you to find six qualified buyers in the next 24 hours, you could actually do it. Yeah, definitely. So, so given buyers make up 50% of a transaction, what Gavin's saying is not really after any remuneration per se, even though there is a good chance he could sell them something either off market or just even be the conduit 
between uh, the the transaction, the buyer, and say either Ray White or LJ Hooker, whoever it might be, and then tracing back the referrals that will come out of it and also that memory in three years' time, it'll be like, well, Gavin was the one that helped me with that. It wasn't yep. really the other agent. You know? So I think that's, in this market in particular, you know, very, a very, very important point. How do you choose those buyers? Because it's, it's impossible to work with you know, hundreds of buyers. Yep. Um, how many of those hot buyers would you work with at any one stage and how do you choose them? I assume it would be people that are underbidders at auctions, people that have produced a 66W at some point. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I literally have a book in my car with people's names and numbers on it. Yep. Um, so I try not to work with any more than, like, say, 30. Yes. Because I think if you get past that, you're not actually contacting them religiously you're sending them crap that they don't like. Yep. You don't have a good understanding as to what they want. Yes. Um, a qualified buyer is someone who has either A, been an underbidder, mm-hmm. um, they've just sold, they need to buy because their kids are starting school, um, someone who can buy something essentially that day. Yes, excellent. Um, I love the analogue version of that in terms of just in, in, in a book, right? It's yeah. just, There's nothing fancy about it because, as you know, mate, you get a lot of people, from, a lot of calls from agents, oh, what's the best CRM, what's the best follow-up? It's like just anyone that works, yeah. anyone that's effective and you're sticking to. I mean, obviously, Alex uses Outlook as his CRM, yeah. which... Um, you know, would surprise a lot of people. People would think that it's either some fancy agent box or whatever it might be. But, you know, we know that Outlook allows you to add people in. It allows you to make some notes and it allows you to schedule a follow-up call. And that's as complicated as it needs to be. Are you also using the same system yourself? Yeah, so I use um, Outlook. I just find it a lot easier. Um, Like if I'm on the road, I can type in my phone, say like, um, you know, Bradley Street. Yeah. sold it and I can be on the road. Number two, yeah. Yeah, I might not be in the the office for like three or four hours, but at least if I'm driving around, I can still scroll through and see a little little bit easier. Um, We use um, Agentbox as well to blast our database, like the PKD PPD yep. database. Yep. Um, we also have home pass as well. For capturing data at open well, for opens, Yeah, and then you can broadcast saying we've just entered into a negotiation, just yep. in, ensuring that you're not missing anyone. Yes. Because a lot of times you call someone, they won't answer it. But yes. But text message, we've entered into negotiations with an offer of X. Yes. We're going to sell it within 20, 24 to 48 hours. Yep. Please let us know if it's of interest. Good. Another really important point, Gav, I think, for agents in the industry today is many of them have an attitude of scarcity as opposed to abundance. And I know Alex and all you guys, you know, and, and Jace is a good mate of mine as well, you, you guys have this abundance mentality where even your database, it's, it's, all, it's all an open database. Yep. Um, and I know through speaking to Jason, it's like, well, if you haven't done your callbacks by a certain time, well, bad luck, anyone can call them, right? Yep. Um, so a lot of people might see that as a bit ruthless, but it does create urgency. Yep. Uh, and, and ultimately, it's the best consumer experience right because you know it's the, the consumer is the buyer and the, and the seller and we've got to think what's best for them not necessarily what's best for us where we just you know a gorilla and quarantine all this data and say oh we're going to call it but then you don't you yeah. know so how does that play out on a day-to-day basis in 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 the office is there much crossover or friction or acrimony at all not really so i suppose if you're running a campaign um, from start to finish you sell it at auction or before you've got um 48 hours or 72 hours, I think it is actually called that list. Yep. Never buy know what it's sold for, try yep. and find any hot sellers, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then literally someone like, um, I don't know, Charlie Beaumont, after that period, can say, hey, 
Gab, just an FYI, mm. I'm going to um, call this list for you. Right. Uh, sorry, call this list. Yep. Um, for a property that I've got coming up, is there anyone you're dealing with directly? Yep. No, go for it. Excellent. If he finds a listing off the back of it because I wasn't you know, due diligent enough or I didn't ask the right questions, good luck to him. Yeah, wow. So the rules of engagement are 72 hours after unconditional to do your just li- just sole calls, basically. Yep. Yep. And then if you don't and someone else happens to speak to them, well, then it's up to that agent to either loop one agent in and do it together, or, or if if they just didn't have the proactivity to follow it up, then it's bad luck. Yeah. Okay. That's very fair. Been transparent. Everyone knows it, right? Yeah, exactly. What about callbacks? Is there any rules of engagement around timing on callbacks? Um, well, we usually do them, well, depending on how many I have after a Saturday, I might go into the office on a Sunday and try mm. and break it up, because, yeah. say, for example, I might have 80 to 100 to do on a Monday. Yep. I'm either going to not ask the right questions, and I might rush through it, yep. or that one buyer is going to get called from like five different agents because I looked at six, you know, five to six things on the weekend. Yes. Um, so just essentially doing them. If you haven't opened on a Saturday, they're called by Monday. Second round follow up Tuesday. Excellent. And Gav, given the team last year did about two hundred and fifty transactions, yeah. does that mean you'd be you would have been involved in about eighty yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and with that eighty, is it your responsibility? to do your past client calls, to do all your callbacks, uh, nurture what's coming out of that. And, and based on that question, are there any expectations or KPIs in terms of building data or booking in appraisals at all? Um, we, all we all differ within the team yep. on how many appraisals that you want to be yep. essentially doing. Um, but in terms of past clients, like if you were like second agent on a listing but you yep. didn't actually get involved in the sale, Alex controlled it, then you wouldn't necessarily put them in as a a past client that would go to an Alex past client sure, but if sure. you're sort of involved within those sales they're going to your past clients <clears throat> um, it's your responsibility to stay in touch with them whether it be you know quarterly half yearly yearly that kind of thing yes um, appraisals once again it differs but we all sort of try to well for me I'm trying to do like you know five to six a month mm-hmm. w- uh, appraisals of my own yeah, okay, okay. So as, as a listing agent. As a listing, as a listing agent, agent without any involvement, yeah. No, the Alex would then take you out to extras where he's yep. trying to get you to um, build a relationship with the vendor from the outset because he knows that it's something that you're either going to have buyers with yep. or that um, hot, that vendor may have come through one of the opens, both yourself and Alex are there. Okay. They reach out to Alex, we both go out. Okay, so the expectation is for you to do five or six of your own listings per month. What about in terms of generating appraisals on a weekly basis, whether their price checks or listing opportunities for you and Alex to go to? Uh, from, well, Alex sort of focuses on more so like um, me, like he wants me to do my own. Yes. I'm always relying on him to come in the door and try and win the business. Yep. How um, many doors would you try and get into per week then, for example, regard, even if they're just price checks, for example? Three plus. Three per, per week or per, per day? Per week. Per week, okay. Yep. Okay. So I think a lot of people would, would have thought the number would be a lot higher. So I think that that's, that's quite comforting, I think, to, to yep. a lot of people. Um, are you quite discriminate around the qualification of that of that appraisal? Like, do they sort of have to be selling or you don't mind if they just say to you, Gav, look, I don't want to waste your time. I'm not really looking to sell, but I wouldn't mind getting an appraisal. That's something you'd still go to? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, going out, having a look at the house, getting a good knowledge of it, um, you know, things can change real quickly. Yep. Hey, I've got to move for work. Um, we're getting divorced. Uh, my parents are sick and need to move closer to them. Yep. It's front of mind. Yes. That changes very quickly. So you can go, hey, look, you know, 
that house, I've got a buyer from that off the back of this sale. Yes. You can talk to them with confidence around it. Yep. Also the buyers as well, I just looked at this house, it's going to be perfect for you. They will, they've gone from not doing anything to things have moved pretty quickly. Yep. You can get a good buyer pool ready to get through that door straight away. Okay. And how many campaigns at any one time, like if you're doing 80 transactions, I'm assuming you're working on about six to eight campaigns at any one stage, you personally? Yep. yep. Okay, good. And what is your best source of extracting those listing appointments? Is it through the current inquiry that's coming through? Obviously, we've got three touch points there, Gab. We've yep. got buyer inquiry when they call you, email inquiry with phone numbers, which yep. would be about 50% of emails, right? And then you obviously you've got your callback um, follow-through. So would, would they come from that or do they necessarily come from your own door knocking, cold calling, uh, any sort of proactive marketing at all? Um, it's a bit of a mix. I yeah. think a, a lot of the time, like the inquiry that comes through, if they are a, a neighbour, they won't necessarily put their number down. Sure. Um, you have to react at an open yep. um, to just the questions that you ask, like any buyer that comes, or anyone I should say, that comes to an open, you want to get some kind of information from them. Yep. Hi, why'd you come here today? You know, do you live yes. in the area? Yep. I know I'm here to buy. I live around the corner. Oh, what's, you know, what street are you in? What yep. number are you in? Just a quick conversation. So, you know, it's John Smith lives at 123 Smith Street. Mm-hmm. Put put in your notes on Monday or whenever you speak to them, you know exactly where they live. Yes. Um, hey, John, did you come through as a comparison to your own place or are you looking at doing something? Yes. Just coming through a bit of a comparison. How does yours differ? Oh, mine's a little bit bigger. Do you have any idea as to what it's worth? No, I don't. Do you want us to come out? Yes. No, we're fine. I'll just keep you up to date on the sale. Shall okay. I? Yeah. Kind of, those kind Good. of things. Um, but I also think, like, at an open, you've got a red-hot buyer that comes through. They tell you that they've missed out on four or five places, and you're focusing on trying to get an appraisal from a vendor. You're probably better off, I'd rather, as a seller in the area, mm. see an agent actually deliberately qualifying a buyer. Yes. You know, so they're ready to transact. I'd be, rather be like, I'd rather deal with that guy because he didn't focus on me because I've got something to sell. Yeah. They're trying to sort this buyer into this house. If this doesn't work, put them into something yep. else. Very refreshing to hear because I think there's a massive bias from agents to focus on sellers. Uh, don't get me wrong, that's, that, is, that is a source of, of much, much business for agents. Yep. But, yeah, as I said previously, 50% of a transaction is made up of buyers. So not a coincidence that one of the top, well, the top team in the country uh, is very focused on buyer work. Are you uh, doing any cold calling or door knocking at all? Door knocking, yes. Yeah. Um, is it targeted or, or, or general? Targeted. Right. Okay, so someone's looking, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, Gav, I'm really interested in uh, uh, Cliffbrook Parade, for example. Yep. I love that, the view and the aspect. You, you'd, you'd target that and, and actually say with conviction and veracity that you do have a buyer rather 100%. than just, yeah. You okay. go with the brochure, hey, we're selling this, it's not right for the buyer. Yeah. They've pinpointed that they might be interested in your home. Would you ever consider selling? Yeah. No, I'm not. But, you know, come through and have a walk around anyway. So you, they're inviting you in. You're getting their name and number. Mm. You know the address. You're getting a feel for the house. Yeah. Straight in the database. So, hey, I don't want your house. We just sold Cliffbrook for X amount. Just want to let you know. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Not a coincidence that one of the other top agents in the country, Ben Collier, does does a very similar yeah. process. into and, the, and those homes, uh, you know, they're worth tens of millions of dollars, but he does a lot of direct door knocking as well yeah um and you know you both the your teams would be probably doing pretty pretty similar numbers i would have thought so that's interesting and and what about you personally gav you, you got a family yourself no no okay no. married or partner partner yeah good good the screws are getting tight <laughs> and tell me um 
Yeah, it's a bit cliche to ask, but a lot of people are obsessed because they always tend to ask me about the whole work-life balance dichotomy. I, I call it a bit of a misnomer that if you're in real estate, there is no balance. It's a yep. lifestyle. Um, however, in saying that, you, you do need to have your outlets, right? Yeah. So what, what's what's a week look like for you? What days off do you have? What do you do to, to have some downtime? Yeah. Um, week off usually Sunday. Yeah. Um, Saturday afternoon sort of finish circa two, three o'clock. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be some kind of vendors that you need to nurture over the weekend. Yeah. I'm quite fortunate. My partner works in real estate as well, so she gets it. Yeah. Like if so I've got to do an appointment on Sunday, she's fine with that. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Barrow, so I love going down there, seeing my family, that kind of thing. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, apart from that, like I like my job. I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm dragged into work. Like yep. I get into the office and actually I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit different when you're sort of like, oh, should I be going to work today? Yeah. So true. Yeah, I posted something the other day which came to mind, which was like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, should I get out of real estate? It's not the best time. You know, should I be in it? And I, I said to people, look, one, you've got to feel on purpose. So, like, yeah. you know, you've got to be walking into the office every day think, thinking, you know what, this is exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. Secondly, you've got to have this passion to serve, which you can tell you have, you know, especially with buyers. And thirdly, you know, I think that, that this needs to turbocharge your, your, your goals, whatever they happen, whether they're financial or, or you know, in a contribution sense where you want to give money away or buy yep. material things. It doesn't really matter, but as long as it's, you know, if it's buying a property or whatever it might be. So I think it's not a coincidence that you, you sued all those things. How old are you now? I'm turning 36. 36, yeah. So a lot of people um, erroneously, I think, would, would think to themselves, Gavin, 36, top agent in the country. Why, why wouldn't he just be a standalone agent at PPD where, you know, internally, internally and, and externally, we all know that you are a standalone agent. I don't really like that terminology, but yep. I suppose the question is, why wouldn't you just sort of move out of Alex's team um, and just, you know, build your own team, for example? Yeah. Well, there's no sort of like boundaries where you can't build a team within Alex. Yes. Um, I suppose. Love it. F- for me, every Saturday I have someone like my Saturday assistant. She'll take names and numbers at the front door. She'll yes. take notes to me, that kind of thing. Yes. Get houses ready. Um, but also like the exposure you get working with Alex. I yes. think it's quite narrow-minded to think you're not a good agent unless you're out on your own. Like I look at like a McClay Longhurst worked for Will Phillips for how many years, went out on his own. Yeah. He's now got M. Davidson who is in the top 100. Yeah. Like, ben Collier worked for James Dack for twenty years. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, not for, but with. Yeah. You know, and then day one instant traction. Yeah. Um, you're so right. I, I mean, I, I love that abundance mentality because, you know, I hear a lot of these young associates say, "I want to be my own agent." I'm thinking, hang on a sec. What you're trying to say is you want to earn more money. Yeah. You want more market profile, and you want want to learn how to list list property, um, you can actually do all that in, in a very good team, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, and have access to, to support. Yeah. Like, you know, you plug in a Pru, you plug in your VA, you can bounce off Kenji. It, um, you know, it's very lonely, real estate, if you don't have that environment, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I thought I'd ask anyone here if they had any questions. Harrison, do you have a question for Gavin? Anyone else have a, have a question for Gavin at all? No? Um, so I suppose as we as we wrap up, really appreciate your time. Um, as we wrap up, uh, in terms of the remuneration, we don't want specifics, but I'm assuming I'm assuming that if you bring your own deal in, yep. 
then that's a certain split which would be higher than if Alex appoints you to work on a property with him, yeah? Yep. Yeah, okay, good. Um, and I assume that would be a very a very fair and, and highly yep. incentivised arrangement. No, it is. Like, it's there. Like, obviously, you'll get to a point where you probably bring in more business on your own. It's like, well, that's when you sort of get to the decision, do I do branch out on my own or do I do not kind of thing? But yes. But it's not like Alex is there pushing you out the door. Yes. He'll guide you if it's the right time to do it or not the right time to do it. Yes. But um, the incentive is there is to bring in more of your own. Excellent. Definitely. Excellent. Gavin, really appreciate your time. Thanks, uh, mate, you, this is a really good example, folks, of good guys can come first. You know, I think that it's, there's, a, there's a misconception that, you know, you need to be a slick salesperson who's, who's you know, telling untruths and, and has low integrity and they're the ones that sort of tend to win. But this is a great example of someone who's a good quality human, high integrity, high in transparency and, and is actually at the, the top of his game. So well done, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate Pleasure, it. Pleasure, mate. Thank Pleasure. You, mate. Okay.